The Athen Real Talk podcast explores controversial ideas to stimulate debate and active thinking. These ideas do not always reflect Athen's personal views. Welcome to the Athen Real Talk podcast. He has been called the best gamer in the world, hands down. World famous gamer and philanthropist Athen. Gaming for good, it's called, has raised more than $20 million. Using his notoriety to raise money for charity. On activism, science, culture, and self-development. I'm proud to have him in the studio today. I would not want to take you on in a video game. I've already said in the past that I think that we're all just emergent forces, all physical forces that we are subject to are just entropic forces. And what is entropic forces? Entropic forces is basically every system goes from order to disorder. And the reason why it goes from order to disorder is because it is more likely to happen. For example, if I let a gas loose, it will spread inside the room. But why does it spread inside the room? It's because if you look at the molecules and you see how they bounce against each other, it's just much more likely that it spreads around the room than that it just stays there in a more order matter. And it requires a lot more energy to have the gas go all around the room than put it from all around the room back to its original state. But why is that? Like, why do you have these entropic forces? Because it makes sense, obviously, what is more or less likely. But basically, when you boil it down, if you just look at it like data or information, ones and zeros, then obviously when you look at the information, and let's say the universe would just be an expression within infinity, because that's what I think, there's either infinity or there is nothing. And obviously there is something, so infinity is more likely. Within infinity, you can have any kind of emergent pattern emerge. Any pattern can emerge from infinity, and this universe would be one emergent pattern. But why do we have the physical rules, the laws that we are subject to? Because they are just entropic forces, because it's more likely. Basically, within infinity, any kind of information packet would express itself in the most compressed form. Just like, for example, when you store a black wallpaper on paint in BNP, the file size will be much bigger than a JPEG. And as a result, when a black wallpaper would express itself within infinity, the smaller the string the less likely it needs to be to reoccur. And as a result, everything expresses itself naturally in the most compact way possible. So basically, and that's where it becomes interesting, the reason why we have entropy in an arrow of time is because me as consciousness, if you just see moment to moment, because we are merely string of moments to moments to moments, but only the moment exists, the next moment will always be the most compressed expression of the previous moments, bringing about the natural forces that we experience. And I think there is math that would be able to potentially describe this theory where all the fundamental forces, including gravity and the weak force, the strong force and the electromagnetic force would be able to be described as entropic forces. That boils down to merely information or just whatever infinite chaos patterns emerging from it because everything exists. But now, because this is already stuff that I talked about in the past, the thing that I was thinking about is like, yeah, but what is information? What is essence? Like, I always like to define what things are because being able to really define it is most of the time already answering the question. Same as what is time? Scientists don't know what time is. They just say like the arrow of time seems to just emerge from entropy, but all the physical forces can go back and forth. There is no reason except entropy why there is an arrow of time. But I do think that entropic forces 
that entropy is crucial within even the understanding of all the fundamental forces because else you wouldn't even have time nor space. So you need entropy as part of the equation. But I'm not going to go much in that. I want to talk about what is information. I was really breaking my head. What is information? What is information? Is it zeros and ones? Is it data? Is it, I looked up definitions and stuff, but what is it? What is it? What is it? I didn't truly understand what information is. And I think I know what it is now. It's just a theory. But I think information, we have a very big misconcept about information based on the way I define it. Well, that I understand it, not define it, but the way I understand it. If you take a hard drive with all the movies, you would say it contains a lot of information. The hard drive contains a lot of information. Same with your PC. Your PC contains a lot of information. But is that the case? Because it only contains the information when you access it. When you don't access it, it's just static. And when you take accessing or the transfer of information as part of the definition of what information is or the understanding of what information is, then entropy becomes part of the equation. And what it allows you to do is translate it more easily in math and make you understand better what information actually is. Because then you could say a hard drive does not contain information. It only contains information when it's transferred to a reference frame, which is me, for example, where the complexity or the probability of what I am changes. So basically, information is merely probability shifts between reference frames. That's what information is. And this information can bring about more complexity, can also bring about less complexity, but it's basically the shift from one probability state to another, from me to me now. Constantly, as life progresses, you could almost see this is like some kind of event where the environment, where all my senses translate this information into what I am, modifying the odds of my existence and the likelihood of me expressing myself in infinity. And that is what information is. And if that is the case, then information and time are very much connected. And that would be really interesting if that's the case, because it could perhaps bring about a mathematical model that could describe the universe. And then as a result, what you have is when certain information probabilities reach a certain threshold, it collapses into a different dimension because it's more easy to store the information. That's why black holes suddenly create a hole into space-time because the amount of information or the probability of the black hole to exist and to express itself just becomes more configured more optimally compressed within a higher dimensional framework. For example, if you take data, depending on how much data, it is more or less mathematically interesting to store data in one dimension or two dimension or three dimensions. It depends how much data. The more data you have, the more beneficial it is to add extra dimensions in order to compress that information. And that is maybe what is going on, what we see in the universe and how things behave. And maybe just matter and energy because that's also something i was thinking and that's why i came up with this all id why do you need activation energy to go from one state to another when you boil water it requires certain activation energy to become gas why is that the case or for example why does everything not just explode like a nuclear bomb why do you need certain things to happen for certain chemical reactions to happen and it is because everything is structured in such a compressed way that when you move certain aspects around, it becomes more functional, more beneficial to store the information as energy rather than matter. So even matter and energy and the relationship between them is merely a compression algorithm 
of what we are on an information level. And it is a transfer from one entity to another, the transfer of information that brings about existence, time, life, everything. That's what I was thinking about. It's quite interesting because it just makes me understand better what information would be and how everything is relative to the reference frame and the odds and the chances of something existing is always relative to the reference frame and it's the information input that actually is expressed as the reference frame, which is me, changing in its probability. Because when you just define myself and you put it on a PC and you simulate me, then the string of what I am, the information I contain, is constantly being influenced by outside influence that brings about information to the equation. And you could always wonder, like, but to which extent is there an external And that's also something interesting because if you start thinking like, but what if I am the universe, then I'm literally the universe trying to understand myself from within itself. And as I progress and evolve and grow more aware, I become the universe because it's one and the same. It's actually interesting. But the thing is, though, the universe itself cannot contain any information for itself. You can only contain information when there is transfer. And if you are the full entity itself, there is no transfer going on. So maybe we are a way for the universe to understand itself because the universe itself as an entity cannot understand itself. It needs to create this duality to create a timeline where there is an information transfer, a probability transfer for an hour of time to even exist. And maybe if we become the universe, then the timeline or the arrow of time or our dimension of what we are will be multiverses. Maybe that's then what we will experience as the information transfer, not between the universe within itself, but from one universe to another. Just some theories, some thoughts I was thinking about. I just thought like I will let you guys know because sometimes I know people like when I talk about these things and um, I just want to address that. And that comes to another point because, of course, I'm not saying anything of this is true, you know. It's just me brain farts, you know. But I like to think about it. If I had another life, I would have loved to go deeper into that and turn these things into math. Because when I talk about it and I go about it understanding, it doesn't have so much practical use. Like when Einstein thought about light having the same speed everywhere, that on itself didn't do so much. It was when he turned it into math and special relativity that it became functional. And that's the thing, like all these ideas there may be interesting, but as long as I don't translate them into math and turn them into a practical framework, it's just some nice thoughts and that's it. And I would love to get into it, but it would take me a decade or two and I don't have time for it. But it's just nice to talk about these things because I like to sometimes really understand because that's really what I believe. I believe everything has a reason. Everything is able to be understood. And that's why I think about this. And it brings me to another point where I said like, yeah, I always like to understand the definitions, right? Like to understand the concept, because I also in the past talked a lot about essence, to be your pure self. But what is your pure self? What is your essence? Fundamentally, what is that? Because it's easy to talk about it, but how do you truly make it tangibly definable? And this is just an idea too. I have thought about it a little bit, but I don't know if it's the case. But basically, what you have even now in uh, neural networks and stuff and our understanding mathematical models for our brain There is certain formulas that show how our neurons create ripple effects of more and more complexity. It's actually quite interesting how far we've come to understand the brain and these mathematical models line up 
with brain scan activities. So there is what circumstantial evidence that points out that these theories might be accurate. Maybe it's not, but that's the beauty of science. And basically, the pure essence of what I'm talking about is basically the fundamental core of where your brain starts propagating and then becomes more and more complex. And that essence is where everything starts. So, for example, to put it very simple, if you have an entire complex scenario where one domino brings about an entire cascade, being able to go to your pure essence is going to that initial domino because that's what initiates the propagation of all the more complexity on a neurological level. So there might be even a pure essence on a neurological level too. And what is that pure essence? The beauty about that is like, I don't know if it's the case, but it's quite interesting. We have two pure essences. We have a left and right hemisphere. A lot of people don't realize that. But I think that the propagation of neural activity on left and right hemisphere is quite different. And when you also look at in evolutionary biology and stuff, also in gender dynamics or yin and yang or whatever you want to call it, it's also in philosophy and in spirituality and all that stuff. You just have this duality that brings about challenging the status quo, which brings about progress. And for example, if life initially would have never become more uh, complex and changed itself, it would always have stayed the basic life. It would have never have evolved. But it is because of, you know, a lot of like pairing and even different genders that create different offspring brings about change and progress. And that is actually even reflected in our brain where we have a left hemisphere that is more feminine, more emotional, and a right hemisphere that is more cognitive, more rational. And this is just a thought, it's an idea, I don't know if it's true, but basically the essence of both hemispheres is reality. And you might say, what do you mean? It is acceptance. So for the right hemisphere, your pure essence is accepting the facts for what they are and act accordingly, while for the feminine part, the true essence is accepting everything on an emotional level, truly accepting others for who they are on an emotional level, and your cognitive, your more masculine part, it is accepting reality for what it is and acting accordingly. And this combination of these two essences brings about pure existential equilibrium. But as long as you don't truly accept on an emotional level or you don't truly accept on a reality, factual level, there is a disconnect between you, your framework, your belief system and reality and your own essence, basically. Which is quite fascinating if that's the case, because the beauty about this is that on a fundamental level, people are then essentially all good because our essence wants to just align with reality. It wants to be honest. But sometimes when being dishonest works better than being honest, we start lying to ourselves, which causes this entire web of confusion and duality, which then also translates into all the conflict we experience within ourselves, but also within the world. And being able to find our true essence on both ends, where you truly accept on an emotional level everything for what it is, but also on a factual level, brings about clarity and synergy. So that is also something I wanted to talk about. And it is a big answer, if this is the case, to a very big question I've always been struggling with. Are people fundamentally good or bad? If on an essential level, we truly just want to accept reality, then honesty is our essence. You know, we want to be honest. We want to be aligned with reality. And if people are dishonest or whatever, it's merely layers. But if you go deep enough, you always come back to that essence of truth that we want to seek. Sometimes we give up on that journey and we lack meaning, we lack purpose. But if we can find ourselves again and understand that deep inside, we can accept ourselves on an emotional level 
and we can also accept reality, we can find this sense of peace. And a question that I asked myself, because I always try to play the advocate of the devil when I come up with certain ideas, but why is accepting yourself on a fundamental level a good thing? Maybe it can be evil, right? Maybe accepting yourself on a fundamental level means destroying the planet. But that's the beauty. That is not true because life itself is good, is giving, is growing. So death and killing and destruction goes literally against what we are. So being alive on a fundamental essential level is the core, literally the seed of goodness. And if we can find that in ourselves, we can really find this sense of peace and such. And on an emotional level, but also a sense of action, right action, on a more cognitive level. And it's quite interesting because it allows me to really pinpoint the essence of what we are. Because it all has to do with acceptance and reality. And basically, that's where it starts. That's where the entire cascade to complexity in our neural activity, it starts with reality. And that's what we want to go back to, but we want to understand it. And if our beliefs or our actions do not align with reality and it doesn't work, we can tend to push away our essence, this state of true compassion on an emotional level and true action and right action on a cognitive level, which is very interesting to think about. That's something I want to talk about. I thought about a lot. I just like it when I can put certain ideas and thoughts or concepts really in words in a way that is very understandable for myself. And it also gives me hope. It gives me hope in the world. It gives me hope in you guys. It gives me hope in everything. Because if everybody on an essential level wants to just align with reality, because that's where everything starts, wants to accept, then judging others is merely a coping mechanism. Judging yourself is a coping mechanism. Or not even a coping mechanism. It's a dysfunctional process that we have learned or come to accept because it worked better, but not because it is better. It's just because within our framework, we just didn't know any better. And the beauty of that is you can combine these elements to understanding and emotional understanding to bring about this clarity and balance and peace of mind, existential equilibrium that also translates into your actions and such. Subscribe to youtube.com slash wins. Watch the live stream at twitch.tv slash live and follow the real Athene on Snapchat.